Well, good morning. Uh, thank you, Johnny, for the introduction. Yes, I am from Sulphur. Please don't hold that against me. Uh, it's always, yeah, it's always it's dangerous, two towns this close together, saying you're from one or the other. It sometimes it evokes some negative emotions. Uh, but I'm a transplant, so maybe that makes it better. Does that make it better? Maybe. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, it is good to be here with you this morning. Um, I'm thankful for the for the chance to be here and to uh, to proclaim God's word to you. Um, Michael met me at the door and uh, he said, uh, "You've got a, a jacket on. You must be the preacher." So, well, yeah, that's that's me. You never know. You never know quite uh, what to wear, or how to dress. So, if Lance wears a tie every week, then you'll have to forgive me for not wearing a tie. But I'm just, he doesn't, that's good, that's good. All right, good deal. Um, Exodus chapter 15 is where we're going to be this morning, if you want to begin to turn there. Um, Exodus chapter 15. And if you know, um, if you know your Bible, as you get to Exodus chap- chapter 15, you'll realize that Exodus 15 comes after Exodus 14, right, naturally. And then the significance behind Exodus 14 is that Exodus 14 is the crossing of the Red Sea experience, right? We all know, we all know about that, um, and how miraculous uh, God delivered his people through the Red Sea, that the Egyptians were chasing them, right? Um, So we get to chapter 15, and most of chapter 15 is taken up with um, singing and dancing, singing to God for his deliverance, um, thanking him for who he is, for how much he he means to them, how he delivered them from the Egyptians, just a, a great a great song to the Lord um, for what he's done uh, just just a few a few verses I'm just going to read a few verses in here um, in, from Exodus 15 just to kind of set the stage uh, Exodus 15 verse 11 says who is like you O Lord among the gods who is like you majestic in holiness uh, you stretched out your right hand the earth swallowed them you have led your Led in your steadfast love the people whom you've redeemed. You've guided us. Um, just, a, just a great um, song here to the Lord from, from the people. So then we get down to um, verse 22, which is where we're going to be. Verse 22 through 27. And we get, to, uh, we get to this place where the Israelites are journeying through the wilderness. And they're making this trek through the wilderness. And um, that's where we're going to start. So I don't know if you normally stand. Where, where I'm from, you normally stand when we read God's Word. So if you can stand, and we're going to read verses 22 through 27. And I'll read fairly quickly so that if you uh, get wore out, then that's okay. We'll make it fairly quick. Exodus fifteen twenty-two says, 
Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. And there he tested them, saying, If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord and your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they encamped there by the water. Let's pray. Father, we pray that as we look into your word, we pray that you'd give us uh, eyes to see, ears to hear. We pray that it would speak to our hearts, that our hearts would be teachable and changeable. Lord, we just pray that the word would do a great work in our lives and that we would be moved by it and changed by it. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So, um, like, like we said, Exodus 14 comes before this, and there's a great, uh, a great deliverance. God did a, a, an amazing thing delivering them through the Red Sea. Um, I think one of the most amazing things when you read that account is that they walked through that, that ocean, that, that sea, on dry ground. So you, you read that, and if you know anything about um, uncovering a body of water or, or draining a pond or something like that, you know that it takes a long time to dry up, right? You think it's dry, and then you get out there and you step, and it goes, you go up to your, you know, to your thigh. Uh, but that is an amazing thing, and it speaks of, of the miracle that the Lord did in delivering them. So we get to this point, and the Israelites are, are journeying out into the wilderness. And something I want to share with you right up front here as we look at this account is that the Lord never wastes time or trouble. He never wastes time, and He never wastes trouble. Um, there's been times in my life that I've seen difficulties or trials come into my life, and I think that, that this must be wasted time. It must be, uh, you know, it doesn't have any good reason or any good plan or purpose. But the Lord never wastes time, and He never wastes trouble. And if we come to the place where we believe that, if we'll believe that the Lord never wastes time in our lives. If He uses all of our time wisely, and if He uses all of our trouble according to His plan, then that will change our perspective on a lot of things that happen to us. It changes our perspective. And so that's, that's what I, I feel like we need is our perspective changed. Because a lot of times we can't change our circumstances. The circumstances we're in... Uh, are caused by some other thing or some external uh, circumstance, and we can't change it. So we have to have our perspective changed. We have to be able to see through the clouds that the sun is still shining. And that's what we're going to look at today. Um, so God never wastes time or trouble. That's so important. Um, next, think about this for a minute. Why do you think God took the Israelites through the wilderness? 
uh, if you look at if you look at this, uh, this wasn't the quickest route. It wasn't the easiest route, but he took them through the wilderness, and the wilderness experience is important for us um, because the reason God took them through the wilderness is to teach them what they wouldn't have learned otherwise. He he takes us. He took the Israelites through this wilderness because we don't learn things uh, typically in times of ease. We don't learn things on the mountaintop. We learn things in the valley. And, and that's, that's so important for us. Um, the wilderness teaches us many things about ourselves. We learn more about ourselves in the wilderness experience than we do when, when the birds are singing and the sun is shining and all is going well. We learn more about us through that wilderness experience. So one of the difficult things for us about the wilderness experience most times is we don't see any reason for it, right? That, that, that's what makes this wilderness experience so difficult is you, we can't look back in this chapter and see that uh, you know, the Israelites started wandering away and they were starting to, you know, uh, worship other gods or uh, committed sins against the Lord or anything. It doesn't say anything about that. It goes right from that song into a wilderness experience. So many times in our lives, when we come to this place of difficulty, when we come to this wilderness experience in our life, when everything's dry and it's hot and we're, we're sweaty and we're tired, we wonder why, and we ask God why, because there's no clear reason. So, no matter what our situation is, God knows the way, and He knows the reason. He has a reason for what He does. It may not be anything that we've done to get us into that spot, but no matter what it is, no matter why we're there, God has a reason for that. And he never wastes time, and he never wastes trouble. Let's look at verse 22. Uh, it says, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea and went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Now, three days into their experience, and they found no water. Water is an essential uh, you know, thing that we've got to have, right? It's, it's, it's something that we, we can't go without. We have to have water. Um, so for, for these Israelites, and th- this wasn't 20 or 30 people. Remember, th- this is a, a lot of people. This is a, a big group of people. And so when they're traveling out here, not to have water is a big deal. So, so they get out here to this, to this wilderness, and there's no water. Look at verse 23. It says, when they came to Merah, they could not drink the water of Merah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Merah. So, first of all, they didn't have water. And then they found water, but they couldn't drink the water because it was bitter. So, I don't know how you feel, but I, I almost would rather not have water than have water I couldn't drink. Right? Does that make sense? I mean, you see these um, these movies where these people are are uh, shipwrecked on an island, you know, in the, in the ocean. And they're on that island, and they're surrounded by water, you know. 
billions of gallons of water out there, but they can't drink any of it, right? I mean, think about that. Um, so just a side note, th- they had all this water in front of them, but they couldn't drink it. Um, I think of the first time that my, my kids, that I took my kids to the ocean, um, and, and you, can't, you can't describe some things to your kids until they experience it for themselves. So they get out there to the ocean, and uh, they like the way the water feels, you know, and they get out there, and they like the way the waves hit their feet and all that stuff, and they like the way the sand is. And then they get a little farther, and the waves crash, and it, and it splashes in their face, right? And then it gets in their eyes, and it gets in their mouth, and they go, ah, well, you know, what is that? You know, why, is it, why does it taste like that? Why does it burn my eyes? Well, there's salt in the water. And then they, too, they want to swim in the pool instead of, you know, and instead of be on the beach, which you drove, you know, a thousand miles to be there or whatever. Uh, but, but anyway, water is an important, an important necessity, and they get to this place, and they, they have water that they can't drink. They have water they can't drink. So verse, verse 24, what do they say? What do they say? They say, what shall we drink? What are we going to drink? What are we going to drink? And it's a natural response to a necessity that they need. What are we going to drink? But, but can't you just see, given their response, three days. Now, it says three days. It says, Moses made Israel set out from the wilderness, into the wilderness, three days. They're three days from the Red Sea experience. Three days. 72 hours from that experience. Here they are in the wilderness. What shall we drink? Now, you and I look at that and we think, well, surely they would have had more faith to trust God that, that three days after they walked through on dry ground through the Red Sea, after all the Egyptians were chasing them, and then the Egyptians drowned in the, in, the, in the seabed, right? Surely you would think that they'd have more faith than that. That God would take care of them. But they don't. They just sang like, you know, 15 verses of a hymn, a song to the Lord about their deliverance. Surely you would think that they would have more faith than that. But they don't. But before we start chastising them for their lack of faith and their unbelief, we look at our own lives and we're the same way. We're the same way. God delivers us in some miraculous way, does some great work in our life, does some amazing thing in our life. He gets us through some tight spot six months down the road, and we're wondering, where is God? Why am I here? What's going on in my life? Why am I having this problem? We're the same way. We're the same way. So I I think we can learn from this. So, their first lesson to learn in this wilderness is that God brings trouble to us to show us our faith, to show us how much faith we have or how much faith we lack. Does that make sense? God brings us to this point to show us our faith. Now, God doesn't need to know how strong our faith is. He knows, right? God knows how strong our faith is. He wants us to know how strong or how how weak our faith is. Because when we understand how strong or how weak our faith is, 
then we can begin to, to measure it. And we can know where we need to work on our faith and where we need to, to try to develop that and strengthen that. So, why does God, and this is the ultimate question of life, right? Why does God bring us to the place of difficulty? Why does He bring us to that, to that place? Why does He bring us to the wilderness? Why does He bring us to the bitterness? Look at verse 25, the end of verse 25 here. Look at what it says. It says, There the Lord made for them a statute and a rule, and there He tested them. He tested them. Your version may say He proved them. So He proved them. He tested them in this time of difficulty. That's why the Lord brings things into your life that are difficult, is to test you, to strengthen your faith, to test your faith. Anybody that knows um, anatomy knows that if you have a muscle that you don't use for a long time, what begins to happen to it? It's, it's a big word. Atrophy, right? Is that the word, atrophy? You begin to get atrophy in your muscle. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it's kind of like whenever you're, you're sitting there in the pew and you sit there too long with your legs crossed or something and your leg falls asleep and you step out in the, you know, in the aisle and your leg doesn't work. Well, it's the same thing. If you don't use a muscle long enough, it loses all the strength that's in it and you have to reteach it how to work. You have to strengthen that muscle. Well, that's what, that's what God does when he brings these things into our lives, these difficulties into our lives, is he stretches our faith muscle. And then he releases that faith muscle. And then he stretches our faith muscle, right? Muscle gets stronger through repetition. And that's what he does to us. He strengthens that muscle. He makes us use that faith muscle. Because if we're honest, we don't have to use our faith muscle when we're on the mountaintop, right? We don't need faith on the mountaintop because everything's good, right? The birds are singing and the sun's shining and all's well. Money in the bank, everything's good. But when we're in the valley, when we're in the wilderness, we need faith. We have to have faith because that is what brings us through. So, two or three things here. God never tests us in times of victory. He never tests us in times of victory. He always tests us in the valley in the wilderness experience. That's where he tests us. That's where he shows us our weakness. Difficulty always makes us depend on God. It always brings us to the place where we realize that we have nothing of our own that we can bring to fix this issue, right? Have you been in that place in your life where you're in some kind of situation and you can't do anything to fix it? You can't do anything to change it. And that is the only place where you can turn to God and lean on Him and know that He's the only one that can do anything about it. And that's how you have faith. That's what strengthens your faith muscle. That's why it's so important that we allow Him to do these things in our lives. Verse 24. We look at verse 24 here, if you'd look at it with me says, and the people grumbled against Moses. The people grumbled. Now, your 
version may say complained. It may say whined. I don't know if any of them say whined. That's just my interpretation. But grumbled. Grumbled. Um, your version may say murmured, right? M- murmured. But the idea here is that they were, they were griping to Moses. They were complaining to Moses. They were grumbling to Moses. They were upset. They were fretful. They were mad. They were angry. They had an issue with this that Moses dragged them out there into the wilderness and there's no good water for them to drink. And again, can you believe how quickly these people forgot what the Lord did for them at the Red Sea? See, after, after we are delivered from some, something in our life, after we go through a season of fullness, then often comes a season of forgetfulness. We forget what the Lord has done for us. We forget to remember. Right? We forget to remember. We forget to remember what the Lord has done for us. Many times in my life I can look back, when I'm in some kind of difficult situation, I can look back and I can start to recount all of the things that the Lord has done for me. And I can start to look back and think about all the times that the Lord has brought me through all these different things. And you know what that does for me? It exercises my faith. It shows me that the Lord has been faithful all this time. He's been faithful all this time to me. So if he's been faithful all this time to me, what does that say about the future? He's going to be faithful in the future. He's going to do He's going to be true to his nature, true to his name, and he is faithful. But often we're so forgetful. It says they grumbled. They grumbled. They should have been able to look back on that Red Sea experience and seeing God's love for them. Because at the core, at the core of their grumbling, they were asking, does God love me? Why, does, why did God put this on me? Why do we have to deal with this? If God really loved us, then we wouldn't be here with no water to drink, right? They should have been able to look back on that Red Sea experience and say, God obviously loves us. He obviously cares about us. He's obviously faithful to us. He will provide, right? That, was, that should have been something they could look back to. So for us, what do we look back to? We look back to the cross, we look back to the cross, and the cross should be our emblem of faithfulness that God loves us, that he loves us so much, right? He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us, to stand in our place. So whenever we have an issue in our lives, some kind of difficult situation, we look back to the cross, just like they should look back to the Red Sea we should always look back to the cross. Look back to what Jesus did for us. Look back to how much he loved us. Look back to how he sacrificed his life for us. Right? He, he gave his life for us. And that's what we can look back to. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, that means we weren't, we weren't prettied up and made up and looked good like we hear on Sunday morning. It means that it was the 
the first wake up off the pillow kind of look, right? Where you, you're drooling a little bit and, you know, your hair's all messed up and, you know, you got sleep in your eyes and all, you know, you just, you know, just kind of got that look about you, right? That's what we looked like whenever Christ died for us. We weren't all prettied up yet. He died for us while we were still sinners. And that's so important. Because if he died for us while we were still sinners, while we were still unlovable, then how much more do you think he loves us now? How much more now do you think he loves us? Verse 25, I want you to look. Verse 25 says, And he cried to the Lord. Who's he? He's Moses. Moses cried to the Lord. Now, there's two different, two different attitudes here we see in this, in this um, story. The people grumbled. What did Moses do? Moses cried out to God. The people grumbled. Moses prayed. Moses knew the avenue to help in this situation was straight up. Right? It was a vertical response. He didn't grumble amongst the people. He didn't go around taking a poll. He didn't say, what, what do you think we should do? He didn't form a committee. He said, let's ask God. Let's ask God to deal with this. Let's ask him to deal with this. That's the only place we can turn, guys. That's the only place, folks, that we can turn in our hour of need is the Lord. So we see there's a big difference between grumbling and praying. A huge difference in our attitude between complaining and praying. And I I pray, I pray this, if you're in the wilderness today, if you're in the wilderness today, I pray that you would search the Lord in prayer about your situation. Don't grumble, don't complain. It's okay to question God. It's okay to ask God things. It's okay to, to pour out your heart before the Lord. But make sure you do that to the Lord. Make sure you direct it to Him. He can handle it. Don't, don't share that with everybody else. Don't, don't complain or grumble or all that to everybody else. Go to the Lord with it. He's the only one that can make a difference in our life and change who we really are in that, in that spot, in that situation. Verse 25 says, The Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Now, at this point, at this point, the people were probably wondering a little bit about Moses' sanity, right? Because, uh, you know, he's probably um, walking around, Moses, been praying. Then he goes over and he picks up a log. Your version may say tree. Picks up a tree or a log, whatever that may be. Picks up that tree and then he throws it in the water, right? And those people are probably, you know, what in the world is he doing? What? is he doing and they're probably saying well if the water wasn't bitter enough it's sure going to be bitter now you just you know you just threw a dirty log into the water that's going to make it that's going to make it way better but see god had the answer to moses prayer all along the tree that tree god planted there for that very purpose for that specific reason and had been there all along it just been waiting for Moses to take it and to throw it into the water and to make this water sweet. The Lord had the answer to Moses' prayer all along. Folks, the Lord 
has the answer to your, to your problem long before it came up. He has the answer before you have the problem. That's so comforting for us to know, isn't it? Isn't it comforting to, to know that the Lord has the answer to our problem before our problem even comes along? That the Lord saw that way in advance? He knew what the best answer for our problem was. He knew how to get us through that. He had that answer long before. We've just got to rely on Him. We've got to rely on Him to do that work. We've got to know. Then look at um, here, verse 27. It says, Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. And they encamped there by the water. Notice God didn't keep them at Merah. He didn't keep them by the water that he made sweet. They kept going. Your, your, your life as a Christian is a marathon. You keep moving forward, right? That's what, that's what Paul said. He says, I press on. I keep moving forward. They didn't stop there. They didn't dwell on that miracle. That's why they didn't, they didn't stay at the Red Sea. They moved on from the Red Sea. They kept moving forward. They keep moving forward all the time, moving forward. He kept them moving. And see where they were going? It says there were 12 springs of water. God took them where there was more than enough. He provided their need. They were more than taken care of, more than enough. And that's the same thing in our lives. When we have this, this hour of need, this, this time of shortage, Elam is right across the horizon. The time of struggle always brings deliverance. God will provide for us. Now, the key to that is to wait on God's time. Because God's time and our time don't necessarily line up, right? We're an instant gratification, instant society. We want things right now. We want things right now, right now, right now, right now. We want instant internet, instant coffee, instant, you know, drive through, instant, 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 instant. Everything's instant, right? You can order something from Amazon and be here, you know, tomorrow, right? That's not how God works. God doesn't work that way. He works in his own time. And the reason why he works in his own time is because sometimes it takes a little, it takes a little time for us to learn things, Right? takes a little time for us to learn things. We don't learn things um, instantly. We learn things over time. And that's how he teaches us. So today, I, I think this has great significance for us today. And if you're not in a wilderness experience today, you probably will be. But today, if you're in that bitter experience, if you're in that wilderness experience, I pray you keep going. I don't know if any of these people turned back. I don't know if any of them sat down. I don't know if any of them gave up. I pray that they didn't. It doesn't say that they didn't. But if you're in that wilderness experience, just keep going. Keep trusting God. The, the, the 12 wells of water, when you have no water, when the water's bitter, it's just over the horizon. Just keep going. Keep being faithful. Keep moving forward. Keep trusting that God knows what he's doing. 
keep doing the right thing, keep being faithful to God, and I promise you, He's going to be faithful to you. He's going to be faithful. God is always using these circumstances to build us, to build our character, to build our faith, and to test us through these things. Another thing here that we see is God always gives us more than we deserve. Look at what, look at what it says here in verse 27. It says, um, There were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees. So not only did he get did they get water, they got shade. Not only did they get water, but they got shade. The Lord always gives us more than we deserve. If we would understand that, it would change our perspective on so many things. He always gives us more than we deserve. He never gives us what we deserve. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve His love, but He gives it to us anyway. We don't deserve grace. We don't deserve mercy, but He gives it to us anyway. So many things in our lives that we don't deserve, but He gives us so freely. He blesses us so much, and He will provide for us. So let's remember a few key things here, and I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. God never wastes time or trouble. He never wastes those experiences in our lives. Number two, pray when it gets hard. Pray. Keep, keep on praying. Keep being persistent in prayer. Keep going to a vertical relationship with God. Don't grumble about it on, on this level. Keep going vertically. God's the only one that can do anything about your situation anyway. Keep going to Him. Number three, keep going. Keep pushing forward. Keep trusting God. Keep moving. We can't stay still in our Christian life. We have to keep moving. God won't let you down. God won't let you down. He'll always take care of you. He'll take care of your needs. He doesn't always give us what we want, but He gives us what we need. And we can trust Him that that need will be fulfilled. He won't ever let us down. He didn't lead us into the wilderness to watch us die of thirst. He didn't, he didn't give us Christ and save us from eternal damnation to watch us die in this wilderness. He will provide for us. Your job is to trust Him. Let's pray. Father, as we, as we come to this time of invitation, I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody here that's in that wilderness experience, that's in that, that hour of difficulty, I pray, Lord, that you would show them yourself, show, show yourself to be faithful to them. Help them to trust in you trust that you are who you say you are that you'll never let them down you'll never leave them in the wilderness that you're faithful i pray that they'll keep going i pray that we would trust you more and more each and every day that in the difficult times in our lives and the things that we struggle with lord that we know that you're using those things to build our christian faith to build our faith so we can grow stronger for the next trial. Lord, our Christian life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Just pray you give us patience.
that we would not grow weary in the battle, but we would keep moving forward. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what he's done for us. Every time we come into this situation where we're, we're troubled and we're, we're tried, we pray that we'd look back to the cross. We'd look back to Calvary and we'd see what you did for us, how much you loved us, how much you gave to us in that time. If you've done the most, Father, you'll do the least. And we're thankful for that. Lord, be with us this week as we go. Be with us in this time of invitation. Pray, move in hearts, change lives. It's in your name we ask. Amen. Would you stand, please, as we come of our time of invitation?